What's up, wrestling fans? This is the HMA Fantasy Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Jake Pugley, and I am joined today by NCAA All-Americans, national champion, national finalist, all kinds of accolades. I'm joined by Seth Gross and Jack Mueller, my new co-host, I am very proud to say. Uh, But before we get into the episode, I will mention this is episode number 15 of the HMA Fantasy Wrestling Podcast. Um, you can find us on you know, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all of those different places that you find your podcast, you can find us. Um, and we, we have to go ahead and say that th- this is kind of episode 13, if you've already listened to. Um, this is the second half of it. Um, and I know that there's, we're obviously missing 14. Episode 14 was the first semifinal for the all-decade duels, so we kind of did it in between. Um, but episode 13 and 15 were recorded together, uh, and we, Seth, Jack, and I just got on, and we got on early in the morning and talked for three hours. And so we had to, instead of putting out a three-hour-long podcast, we had to split it up into two. The first part is episode 13. That's where I talk all, or ask questions to Jack and Seth, and we talk all about their wrestling experiences growing up, their goals, their mindset, you know, funny stories, all kinds of cool stuff in there from two of the best to do it in recent memory. Um, so if you want to hear that, I suggest going back to episode 13 and listening into that, um, especially if you yourself are a young wrestler or if you have a young wrestler at home, I would definitely suggest that they hear that because it is really good as a young guy to hear from your idols and hear specifically how they did it and how they thought. Um, and so if you're wanting to be on that path and go back and listen to that, but this episode, episode 15 of the HMA Fantasy Wrestling Podcast is going to get into our super early predictions for next year's national champions. Uh, me and Seth and Jack had a great time talking about it and arguing and getting into it. And it really was a great time. So sit back, listen, enjoy, and let us know how you like the podcast. So I mean, we'll we'll start off at 125. I think it's like <laughs> we're, we're probably all going to pick the same guy here. I, I don't I don't know if you guys are thinking differently, but um, just like off the flow rankings, I guess top five: um, Spencer Lee, Pat Glory, uh, Vitalia Rujo, uh, Rujo, uh Rayvon Foley, Jacob Camacho is who they got in their top five. Um, what do you guys think about 125 this year? I mean, it's it's Spencer's to lose, you know. He he's the man right now. I think that maybe there's a conversation if somebody did end up going down, like Mitchick or Fix or something like that. If for they're going 57, if they feel like 25 is a better option, but you know, with with that, I'd say as tough as competition. I mean, I don't know. I think Vito could give him a decent match. I think there's a few guys in there that could score some points on him. But at the end of the day, his his top wrestling is Matt wrestling. I think is just hard for these guys to handle yeah Spencer wins Vito is the only guy with a chance think so what about what about glory because I mean for me watching this year well first of all I was you know as a fan I was kind of bummed out when when you and Spencer were put on the same side of the bracket this year because I wanted to see it again in the finals um but when it was put the way it was like watching Pat glory this year I don't know if, if you've wrestled Pat but 
he uh he looked like he made a lot of jumps this year and got a lot better and so I was kind of excited for that potential matchup too yeah I saw him a little bit at Midlands where he actually had a really close one and then the guy ended up injury defaulting out of the match I think it was the Indiana kid yeah Huggins Huggins should have beaten him he full Nelson him or something like that mm-hmm. like I, I don't know Pat Glory's really good on top mm-hmm. um he's not yeah. good on Mm-hmm. That's what I was gonna say. I mean, if Spencer goes out against Glory and gets the first takedown, I think that it's over. It's over. But I think that I mean to beat. I mean, I obviously haven't wrestled Spencer, so it's hard to talk about it. But I think that you know the game plan. You know, you can't give up an early takedown, and I mean, hope to you know try to score your points later in the match because it seems that that's where he slows down a little bit, but. I mean, he's he's a hard dude to slow down in that first two minutes or so, for sure. Yeah, and I think I I definitely agree with Jack. I think that Vito, as it stands right now, is probably the only dude that's got a that's got a shot. I mean, I like I said, I would really like to see the Pat Glory match, but like, I we we've seen it before, and like, I I think it'd be fun one to watch, but I don't think that that Glory beats Spencer. I don't think Devito beats Spencer, but I, I would love to see that one if I had to pick one of the two. It just depends on what Vito goes out on the mat. Like, Vito is really good when he, like, wants to be. He beat Suriano this year, you know? Like, uh, sometimes he's unreal. And sometimes he'll, he'll drop matches that you're, like, kind of confused about how he dropped them. Um, so it just depends, I think. Yeah. Cool. Well, I guess we all got Spencer. Um, and – yeah, I, I think, you know, Gloria, Glory and Vito are, are kind of that second tier right there by themselves. Um, so, yeah, Spencer for me. Um, so let's, let's look at 133 then. Um, 133, obviously, dude, like, it's – dude, this is insane. Um, and let's – have you guys heard anything about Suriano as far as coming back, different weight, like anything like that? I mean, I've heard a million different things, like – they feel like it's different by the day that what I hear. So I don't know. I have no idea what's going to happen there. Yeah. I, I just, let's just assume he comes back. Let's just throw him in here too. You cool with that? I'd like to just throw him in there too, just because like, we don't know what he's going to do. He might, who knows? He might come back at 25, 41, who knows? But like, I, I would like to see him in here again. And I think, you know, before the season starts, we're definitely going to have some kind of a, a, idea you know we're gonna know if he's back or not uh, but let's throw him in here so let's say let's throw Suriano just at the one just because he's you know returning champ and just the rest of it is how it is um, what do you guys see with this craziness and I mean I know you know obviously Seth but like Jack you've probably wrestled some of these guys too yep most of them I'll take it I guess I got fixed um and I, I don't know what, like, how bad he'll kill every or beat everyone, but I think it's going to be fixed all year, to be honest. Yeah. I got, I got Mitchick winning it. I think, I think, dude, the year he got, he, he got, what did he get, third the year before his uh, Olympic red shirt? And this dude was beat up. Like, he was one leg, gimping, like, out there, and he was still, I mean, wrestling. I mean, he can't, I mean, it, I'd say he beat Suriano pretty handily the first time they wrestled, and he 
I mean, he destroyed Sebastian Rivera when they wrestled. Yeah, I mean, Sebastian bumped up from 125, so I don't know how much you can give weight to that. But I think when he's on, he's freaking – he's sharp. He gets to his stuff, and uh, I think he's tough. He's a good mat wrestler too, and I think, I think you know, fixing him gone back and forth in freestyle, and I think that's the – I think, I mean, I think between him and Fix and uh, – I don't know. I think those two might be might be the top two for me, but I think I think Mitchick gets it done. Sebastian yeah. always surprises me too. Like I feel like like he always surprised. Like he was in my weight in high school, and I think part of the reason why I beat him pretty good is because I didn't really respect him. Um, because I was like, this guy, like he hasn't really done much. Like I don't know. He just always surprises me. Like he's way better better than I thought he was. Um, hey guys, real quick, are you uh, are you guys good to kind of lead this conversation right now? I have a I have something I forgot that I have to I have to check yeah. in with. Um, I'll, I'll still be here. I'm gonna be jumping back and forth, but uh, I have to check in real quick with some students. Yeah. Okay. So be all good just to kind of lead this from from here on. Yep. yep. Awesome. Sorry. But yeah, I think. I mean, I think. I think Sebastian, you know, he can beat those guys. And I think he's another dude that he's up and down throughout the year. He, he could, I mean, he, he, he's pretty consistent, but I think that, I think when he's at his, at his very best, he can, he can beat, you know, those, those top guys. But I think that if he's not, that he's going to lose the match. So, I mean, which you could say about a lot of things, but I feel like he, like he, I don't know if he's peaked at the wrong time or, you know, different years or whatnot, but I feel like, he's never really put together a full, full national tournament. Like did he, what do you get? Did he get fourth the year you beat him? Third. Third. And then he, that was after beating Spencer at big, big tens, right? Big tens and Midlands, I think. Yeah. Yes, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say. And you know, you, you took it to him pretty good there, but I think that he's a guy that has potential to beat any of those dudes, but also, you know, I don't yeah. know. I just, I just think, I don't know. Uh, Mitch is really good. Uh-huh. He's really good. Um, it's gonna be fun to see that match. What, yeah. what do you think about like Suriano? What do you think? I think so. Suriano, I think is the same way. Like Suriano's problem. I mean, Fix and Suriano's problem. I would say is they they want to win a three two match every single time they wrestle against the top guys. I feel like. None of them, like you saw in their finals match, you saw in, I mean, all their matches, you know, against DeSanto and different times in the year, it was always just get a takedown and try to hold on where I feel like, I feel like Mitch, goes out and gets takedowns a little bit more. He, he, he's a little more of a slick wrestler who will get to his offense and he's done really well on the freestyle world circuit. And um, I don't know. I just feel like that that's going to end up being a big factor of it, you know, is who can, go out there and score and actually make things happen and I feel like Suriano and Fix are both guys that would rather stand around and counter offense and try to score off that stuff and that's where I'm going to take kind of lean towards Mitchick on that end and I mean as far as Matt wrestling I'd say Suriano is really good on bottom so I don't think that's going to play a factor and I don't, also don't think he's great on top so I think that it's going to be a you know who can get it one takedown in those matches yeah I think I agree so, um, Suriano kind of being an outlier there. But yeah, I mean, they, success in the education 
Sorry. No, you're good. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think any – at the end of the day, just like anyway, any of those guys could win. But I think that I'd say, yeah, Mitchick, Fix, Suriano are those three. All right. You want to move on? Yeah. 41. I got Yanni. Um, I don't know who's going to get second. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's the rankings? Or what? what? Yanni, Ironman, Nick Lee. Ian Parker, Chad Red, and then Demas Brock, Real Woods. Do y'all think there's any? Real Wood, they got Real Woods that low. Do y'all think that there's any shot for uh, Yanni to go 49? I have no idea, to be honest. I don't know what the lineup looks like. Who would they get in at 25? Because would Vito bump up then? I think that was the idea. Vito bump up. Who goes 41? Chaz Tucker has another year. He does he? Yeah, he has another year that he can use, but he, I don't know if he's going to use it. How does he have – I thought he wrestled four years. No. So there was something in there where he got, like, a medical, and he can oh. go – he can't wrestle grad school at Cornell. Oh, really? Yeah. So he could go somewhere else and wrestle. Wow. That's crazy. I did not know that. Yeah. yeah we trained together a little bit because he had an internship in Virginia. So we really, yeah. yeah, he was all, he was a super, he was always steady, you know, just winning matches. Yeah. I feel bad for it. He's another guy that, you know, I felt bad for when, when nationals didn't happen. Yeah. He's but. the hardest person to score on. Really? I've ever wrestled. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He's in position. He's freaking. <laughs> there was no scoring on him. But right. yeah, 141. I'd say uh, Yanni, Yanni front runner, and then I mean, I gotta say, I, I'd say Nick Lee too. The way that Nick Lee looked at, you know, the U.S. U.S. Open was it? He looked like a monster there. Um, him and Pletcher were head head and hands above everybody else this year, and then I'd say Real Woods is my my. You know, I think those those three. Um, Ironman, Ironman, I. He he can catch anybody. He can he can score from a lot of positions, but also you know you want Nick Lee tore him up at, at U.S. Open. I think that against yeah, guys, that are, I didn't know they wrestled. Interesting. Yeah, I think yeah, I think he might have teched him if I'm. If oh I crap! But I want to. Iowa Penn State now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it folk style's a little bit different, but I mean, I think that guys that are really solid and you know. Nick Lee does a good job of taking guys off their feet and scoring Nick. So I think that plays a big factor in that that's a really hard matchup for Ironman. So, but then, I mean, I think Ironman has a better shot at beating Yanni than Nick Lee has at beating Yanni. You know, I think that that, yeah. So I, I mean, it's interesting. And then I mean, real woods is solid all around. He's good in those scramble positions as well. And he's got, he's good on the, he's good on top. So I, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm going, what's that? What do you think of Cade? Cade Brock? Yeah. Um, dude, I, I mean, it's hard. I've wrestled him. I think I got in his head just because we wrestled so many times. And uh, he's he's really slick. He's good on his feet. But I think his mat wrestling is just – it's where he struggles a little bit. Like, I don't know what he – like, when we wrestled every single time, he chose down. And I, I rode him out and turned him, like, all our match. I don't know if it was a John Smith telling him he's still got to go down and figure it out or what. But uh, yeah. I think that – He's another guy who can catch people. He's another guy that, you know, 
I think he can wrestle with them on their feet, but he's got to figure out. I mean, if he spends some time on the mat, I think that, you know, he's got a shot at those guys, but I'd say he's yeah. a step below. Yeah. I think a Cade Brock Yanni or a Cade Brock Ironman match would be a lot of fun. Yeah. For so sure. if Yanni decides to go up, right. If, if that all deal happens, I think we all got Yanni, right. Um, if Yanni decides to bump up, what do you guys see there? Like, who's our Ironman and Lee, the clear uh, second tier. And between those guys, you know, obviously we, we just talked about like Lee won the freestyle match. Um, you know, what do you guys see? Like if that's NCAA final, um, how do you see that going? I mean, I pick, so my next two choices would be Nick Lee and real woods. Those would be my, I don't know who I would pick to win it, but those would be my, my next, next kind of tier. And then Ironman after that. Dude, you're big on real woods. That's my boy. Yeah, I know. I've, I've rolled with him a little bit. I went down to uh, where was it? Out in New Mexico, and we kind of rolled a little bit. And he just—he's got a good feel, man. And he was—he was hard to take down. And I mean, he was freaking. I couldn't scramble too much when he wrestled, but I mean, that was—that was coming off my surgery. But he—he's good, man. I mean, you got to look. He—he he only lost to Pletcher, and then the year before, as a true freshman, he only lost to Nick Lee, and he lost like five four in the scuffle final, something like that. So I mean. His two losses are Nick Lee and Luke Pletcher in two years of college. So, yeah, beaten, I mean, he's beaten some decent guys too. So, I, I think he, I think he, he's just under the radar because Stanford doesn't wrestle, you know, a lot of the big schools. So, yeah, I know, man, it stinks. I know Vegas. Uh, you don't think they were a no. big? This scuffle, I think, is their big one. All those Western schools should be at Vegas. That that tournament is freaking loaded. Oh, I know. It's crazy. That's one I always wish I could wrestle then. Man, it was like my year when I was at 33, it was like 13 of the top 20 were in my brain. My yeah, I remember watching that. It's like, holy smokes. And then I wrestled DeSanto twice there. It was bleeding after every match. <laughs> I think I got Ironman if, if Yanni's out. Um. I think the I think the transfer is a good move. Every time I've seen him since he's transferred, he seems super like happy there. And I think how you're feeling outside of wrestling is is big. Hey, go go watch him and Nick Lee's uh, U.S. Open match. And then... Maybe I'll change my mind. Yeah, maybe that'll change my mind for sure. You want to move on? Yeah. What's this one's interesting. I was talking about it with my dad last night. I was like, I don't know who I have for 49. So top. I'm going to read you the top five, and then I'll just say other guys that can be in there. Sasso, O'Connor, Brock Mahler, Boo Llewellyn, Rayton Lee, and then uh, Jared Deegan. Uh, Michael Carr is back from Illinois. Uh, Cannon Stores at nine. McLaren at 11. Jaden Abbas, freshman, is back. Uh, the, that Alirez guy uh, from Northern Colorado. Wow. wow i mean this weight class like i feel like there's not really a guy that's above and beyond everyone else. yeah that's that's tough man who, who you got so i got boo Llewellyn, and i thought he was gonna win it this year to be honest um i think if he's healthy so he's always had shoulder issues yeah, yeah. he's better than all these guys um o'connor I like O'Connor a lot too. We wrestled a lot in the Tulsa finals. He he beat me a lot. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I got I got Llewellyn, 
And then I think if he's not healthy, I got O'Connor. Yeah, I'd go Sasso and Llewellyn too. I mean, when Llewellyn's on, man, he's freaking – he's tough. Yeah, he's, he's really good. good. He's good on top. He's freaking – yeah, he's, he's good. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, Tristan – Tristan's obviously – Moran was his teammate, and he talks about, like, how, how good he is and just mm-hmm. – Literally, if he didn't have surgery, he thinks he he would have he would have crushed it. But yeah, I'd say say Llewellyn and Sasso are my. T- I think just Sasso is just a freak when it comes to getting in you know crazy positions and finding a way out. And I think that you know just another year he's going to be that much. You know he's going to continue to refine and kind of clean up what he does already. And I think that you know if he starts finding more offense, that he's going to be really tough to beat. I think that he he he's a guy that. A little bit too much depends on the other guy getting to, you know, getting to something and countering it. But once he – I think if he develops a little more of his own offense, that he's going to be he's gonna be the guy to beat. Yeah, he's a gamer too. He freaking wins. Yeah. Uh, he, like, won everything in high school. And I feel like he just – he just knows how to win. And that's huge. I mean, you got to yeah. know for sure. Especially in the athlete. I think that's – yeah, I mean, you saw – I think he beat – Two guys, two of the top guys back to back in overtime. It was Lugo and maybe Brayton Lee. So I don't know. He might. He wrestled two really good guys, and he, he freaking, had him the same weekend away yeah. too. Like yeah. they went to Iowa and then they went to Minnesota or something like that. Yeah, it was crazy. I remember watching that. And I was like, "There's no way this dude's winning this," and then pulled them both off. Crazy matches. All right, fifty-seven. Deacon, Heidley, Carr, Delavecchia, Josh Humphreys, and then I'll throw in Quincy Monday there too. Oh, that's tough, Top man. Three good. What's that? Top three are really good. Like, I, I mean, I'm going to probably take – I don't know if everybody would say this, but I, I'm taking David Carr, man, and I just think that – He's another guy, right? He was young this year. He he still has a lot of room for improvement. Um, and he's found a way to win at every level. So I'm going with Carr. I think that Deacon is a really tough out, but I'm taking Carr. Yeah, I'm going to go Deacon. I think – Dude, he's a he's a monster, man. Like, after – I like, he went – when he went against James Green, bro, I was like, James Green is about to tear this man up. Like, there's no right? – and he freaking beat him, dude. And I was like, this dude is the real deal, man. Like, and it, it, he just doesn't do anything flashy. And I think that's why people don't really, like, realize how good he is. He just freaking stays in good position. He's freaking freaky strong and hmm. just, just gets it done. Man, but, we both didn't choose Hadley. I, think dude, I, oh, I know that's – Hadley's a monster too, man. He's a he's, – he's, oh, man, this is – that's it's a tough three, a man. Top three. That is it's a tough three. Really I'm sticking with Carr, man, but wow. A very up in the air David Carr win. Yeah, I'm going to go Deegan. I'm going to go Deegan. Um, 65. McCabas, Marinelli, Shane Griffith, Evan Wick, Logan Massa. That's kind of, they're kind of in the league of their own. Travis Whitlake is six. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I haven't been able to see, obviously, Mackay wrestling in a while, but, man, when that dude won nationals, that was something else. Like, that dude, if that dude shows up, he's, he's 
is going to be very tough to beat. Like, I don't know. He's easy. He's athletic. Freaking. I've never seen somebody do something like that to Vincenzo. So it's yeah. hard to pick against uh, Makai here. Obviously, Marinelli's got that just strength, and he's in it against anybody. I think that didn't they, they wrestle? That was who he beat, knocked off first, right? Like kind of the kind of you know, on the run. You know, obviously, I got my my boy Wick out here. Uh, I mean, he can he, if he's on his game, man, and he can lock something. You know, get on top of guys. He he can wrestle with all those guys. The big thing is he's got to figure out a way to get on top and um, get those takedowns against the top guy. Like that's his. That's, I think that's his biggest struggle. If he can get on top early in matches against these these you know top top four guys, I think that he can win the match. But he's got to figure out how he's going to do that. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to take I'm going to take Makai just because. That dude, I don't know. I think yeah, I think he's on a little bit of another level. Yeah, I was I was talking about it last night, and I was like, I didn't even really think about it. I didn't look at the rankings. I was like, Makai. Yeah. But Marinelli, senior year, he has a win over Makai. Marinelli's run to the even to the quarters was he got Joe Smith first round, like. If he had a different like route to the finals, his route to the finals was unreal. I know, I know, I couldn't believe it. He went Joe Smith, and then he had the kid from Brown, who he went into overtime with at Midlands, mm-hmm. and then he had the guy, and then he would have had was it Wick or Marsteller? Wick, and then he would have had Vincenzo in the finals. You literally cannot get a harder route to the finals. I know. Um, I know. That dude has not had had any love at Nash at the national tournament, but yeah. senior year anything can happen. Yeah, I also like Logan Massa a lot. So he turned it on this year in like freestyle. Like I was I was texting Trent or Travis, and I was like, man, Massa like really had a good freshman year, but after that he kind of kind of fell off, and then. Uh, senior nationals or the open he like made the finals or won it and i was like and i take back my statement yeah. <laughs> um i, I think more i think i think he's a little bit more of a freestyler mm-hmm. than uh than a folk styler just because straight for the fact that his main shot is just to freaking dive at a guy and freaking keep moving his feet and keep going into them and i think in freestyle right that translates to a lot of push outs a lot of different things where in folk style it doesn't quite translate to those points. You know, you might get a stall call off of it, but mm-hmm. I think that his style is definitely much more built for freestyle. But, you know, with that being said, right, if he can figure some things out, he, he, he's always tough and strong and he's good at the weight. But yeah, I think that that's kind of, I think he'll do well in, in freestyle for sure. I, I just don't see him beating Makai though, or I don't think Marinelli either. Hey, I'm going to throw my picks in there real quick. Um, I'm kind of pouncing back and forth between something right now. I'm sorry, guys. Um, completely forgot it. It just, like, my reminders didn't pop up. Um, but uh, real quick, I kind of left off at 49, so I'm just going to give you guys my picks real quick and then let you guys continue to talk where you're at. Um, 49, I, I think I heard that uh, the Jack took took Llewellyn. And who did Seth take? I took Sasso. Yeah, so I, I'm actually I'm going to be different. Um, I'm taking Austin O'Connor. Um, and I think O'Connor is just, uh, he's so good, man. And like, he, he's right in there with all the top guys. He, 
I just like his style, like hard nose. He almost has that kind of like Iowa, like pushing forward, hard nose. Like he gets in that front head position in 99% of his matches and he's really good off of it. Um, I actually had him come into my room for a clinic over the summer and he kind of showed that front head series and I really liked it. And, you know, I, I live a mile away from the stadium and I, I go and watch all those matches. And so maybe it's a little bit of bias, but, you know, there's nothing like watching Austin O'Connor go out there and pin, um, was it D'Angelo from Princeton? Um, who's you know very highly highly rated guy went out and pinned him in the first period and then after every single match including that one he goes back like behind the stairs like you can still kind of see him but he's behind the stairs and he grabs some random dude it doesn't matter if it's the 25 pounder or like a, a heavyweight and he's just like going hard going takedowns on the gym floor in the background like just the dude i don't think i've ever personally seen a, a more driven guy um and so i got i got him at 49 um, 57. I'm actually, I'm sorry, but I'm going to go another North Carolina guy. I'm got, I got Hydley. Um, he's just, that match with Deacon is going to be awesome. The next time, um, you know, he got, he got Deacon got Hydley last time. Right. But, um, I, I just, he's just the model of consistency, right? He's always one of those really top guys right in there. Whereas Deacon has kind of wavered a little bit here and there. Um, I think David Carr is awesome. I just don't think that I think that he's on tier two by himself. I don't think that he's really, you don't even think he's on the same tier as Deegan and Hadley. I don't think he's going to get in there. I definitely think he's on the same tier as those. I think he is too. I think it's those three and then kind of everyone else. Honestly, I think the next tier after those three guys is Quincy. Yeah. Quincy's tough, Humphreys, but I think Quincy's really good. And I think that we're going to see that next year for sure. I agree. Uh, Quincy's really good. He actually, um, Quincy graduated from the high school that I teach at. Yeah. yeah. So he, he graduated, you know, I, I see his picture on the wall every day walking around the school. Um, and he comes back every once in a while and works out with the guys and he's a really good guy. I'm really looking forward to seeing his career unfold. And I would love to see him, him get up there and win a title. I think that that's the guy I'm kind of pulling for selfishly. Um, and like you're saying, like, I think Carr is, is definitely capable of being in that for me personally, I think he's very capable of being in that conversation with those top two guys. Um, but I just, I, I didn't see it this year that told me that, that he could run through, you know, both of them at NCAAs where yeah. he would have to come in from, you know, a three seed probably at where he would be. I mean, I'm sure they'll see their side. I think seeding does play a factor and they'll have to see each other throughout the year. So I mean, you might not necessarily have to wrestle both of them, depending on how things line up. But you know, I think I think I think you got to give him at least on the same level as those guys, and it's shot to beat him. I think he's I, I got him still. But oh, I agree, he's got a shot. But for me, it's more of it where my my perspective is looking at a Deacon Hydley is like is close to a fifty fifty, you know, a sixty forty or whatever somewhere in there. Um, whereas I think Carr has is a little the scale's a little bit more tipped in those matches, but yeah, but he was a freshman too. Like, I feel like after that first year of experience, you, you I think, know. yeah, I think from people's like redshirt freshman to redshirt sophomore years where the biggest jumps are made for mm -hmm. the most part. So totally agree. I, I think that we see a very, very good David Carr next year. Um, and like the reason why I chose Deacon is because we haven't seen that yet. And so I've kind of picked the safe bet. Um, 
Also, I like to see Quincy too, because Quincy's pretty young, right? That was his that was his first year where he jumped. He went from freshman to sophomore year and he went from unranked, like kind of like outside of the rankings to top five for most of the year. Yeah. And sorry, I didn't mean to bog you guys down too much. Um, but you know, sixty five as well. I Makai, man, it's it's just it's hard. Like I think in my head it's just always it's like Makai. But at the same time, you know, how many times have we seen a freshman, you know, come out and just blow the top off of it? And then maybe, you know, m- the majority of them end up doing well. But, like, you know, a guy that pops in my head is, is Sertzis, right? Sertzis came out and won a national title as a freshman and then, um, you know, kind of, you know, he had different things he had to deal with but kind of tailed off later. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I, I just it, – it's the not knowing. Like, the, the talent's there. The guy's just amazing. Um, but – I don't know how much I want to commit to it yet. And like, there's a bunch of guys in this weight like that, right? Shane Griffith, Travis Whitlake, I think are also guys that could be in that conversation. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't know how to feel about them. It's yeah. hard. I'd it's- say I, I'd give it, I mean, you got to look at, so like you look at a guy like Sertzis or Tomasello who won it their first year and then, you know, didn't, didn't do, you know, never won it again, but you got to look at the way they did it. Like Makai was on another, he, he was destroying those guys. He was destroying really good guys at the NCAA tournament where, you know, you look at Sertzis, he beat four guys in overtime. And you look at Tomasello, he had all one point, you know, a couple point matches. But Makai just went out there and put it on these dudes. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like he was squeaking on by. He was putting it on them, man. So I think that for that alone, you know, he's – he's I give him a step above right now. Yeah. I just like Marinelli in the last year. Um uh, Makai's really good, though, you know, and a year of a red shirt, how much better is he? I want to see Marinelli do it. I really do. Like, I'm, I'm rooting for him. Um, I think that's, like, one of the only picks where I'm actually, like, rooting for the guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know? um, yeah. You know? I agree. I really want to see Marinelli. Um, I think for me, you know, like, even though I'm kind of wavering on it, I think the pick is Makai for me right now. Um, but I really want to see Marinelli because, like you guys said, he's had murderers row at NCAAs the last couple of years. Um, so I really want to see, you know, a, a normal path for him. Um, and then also, I I gotta see Shane Griffith with these guys, man. I gotta Dude, see it. Dang. I need to see it because no idea what he's got. You, you know? know, halfway th- like I feel personally that like if we see this this matchup early on, these matchups halfway through this season next year, it, we could be talking about Shane Griffith being the number one. Um, so this year. I think that right now it's, it's Makai for me and Shane Griffith is, is my dark horse. Yeah, I agree with that. That's fair. Yeah. All right. You guys want to go ahead and move on to 74 and uh, whoever was, was kind of taking it over can take it over again. We got Kimmerer, Miles Amin, Mikey Labriola, Caleb Romero, Anthony Valencia is back. How has he still got years? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Carter Strange. Yeah, I'm pretty I could, I'm pretty sure me and him I thought we graduated the same year, but I could be wrong. I don't know. Holy crap. I, I got Kimmer. I think Miles means good, but I got I got Kimmer. I don't I don't think there's yeah. quite I think Mark was the only one that was going to beat Cameron this year. I think he was he was a pretty good step above. I mean, he put it on. Even the first match against Mark, right, he put it on him, and then everybody else, he 
I don't think anybody really had a, you know, close match. Like any, like wow, like that could have went either way. I think he pretty much handled handled the competition. So I'm going Kemmer too. Awesome. That was quick. Yeah, that was that was right too. <laughs> 84. This one, the next two are interesting for me. Yeah. Uh, actually, maybe not. Max Dean, Hunter Bowen, Trent Hiley, Lou Duprez, Nino Bonacorsi. Six is Aaron Brooks. Oof. I don't know. That's, that's uh, I got to think on that. Who you? Who, yeah, who, I know, right? who are you, who's your top tier right here? Oh, man. I, I don't know. Like, if I, I mean, Aaron Brooks showed some flashes of being tough. Being being a contender, but I don't know if I'm ready to take him yet. Dean, oh man, that I don't know. I, I really, I think like that they're all. Yeah, I don't, think, I don't think anyone's you know a step above the other. I'm. And then I mean, Depres. I've only seen him wrestle a handful of times, so I don't know. So he beat – who did he beat? He beat someone really good, and then he lost to Hydley, or he beat Hydley and then lost to someone else. That was interesting. Those, like, four guys, two through five, I guess, they all beat each other. Bowen, Hydley, Duprez, Bonacorsi. Oh, man. Give me – I'm going to take Hidley. Oof. I can't take an NC State guy. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. I don't know. It's Dean or Brooks for me, to be honest. I thought Brooks was going to win it this year after uh, Valencia got kicked out or whatever. Yeah. I uh, I think I think that's a good – I mean, I, I don't – like, this is not a confident, like, Hidley's going to win it. But I think he – I, I, when I watched him, man, he goes for it and he, he lets it fly. And I, I just like seeing that. I know some of those other guys are more. Not, well, I've not, watched him a lot. So what's he that? Underhook, far knee pick. Yeah. Full time. Does he? If he can add something, then maybe. But I think I'm going to go. Oh, man. Max Dean. I'll go Max Dean. I'll go Max Dean. Um, yeah. He goes hard. I watched him wrestle uh, at U23s, and that dude does not know when to quit. It was fun to watch. I want to see him out again. He kind of popped. He, he, he was doing – he was okay, and then he just freaking, I don't know, turned it on, man, and he was just on another level. But, yeah, uh, you know what? Yeah, I mean, Hidley or Dean. I mean, Dean's gas tank is freaking go, go, go. I mean, I think that's going to win him a lot of those – matches against those top guys especially in like a bigger weight class like 84 i'm sure that a lot of those guys can't go forever yeah taking you in yeah you you guys are crazy you guys are absolutely crazy um it's aaron brooks come on oh my gosh crazy yeah you're crazy crazy. okay so here's the deal like for one I am, I was not an Aaron Brooks fan, especially like the first little while when he started, like, I don't know. I just, I kind of had a sour taste in my mouth from the deal with Valencia and like, that was awesome. And yeah. Oh yeah. And when he lost to Vins and like, I was just like, "Eh, I don't know, like who knows, but you know, I'm, I'm not, 
I don't know. The Penn State just generally gets their guys ready towards the end. Um, and he was just clicking on all cylinders at Big Tens. Um, he looked great. Yeah. Just who running you through people. Uh, well, he pinned Vins in the semifinals. Yeah. And in the finals, he beat, he beat Caffey. Actually ended up being close. But Caffey's a lot better than people give him credit for. Yeah, sure. um, and I mean, you got to look at this is probably the one weight class where the Big Ten isn't like dominant, you know. <laughs> I mean, man, you got to put that in. And to say that it's crazy to pick anybody at him, I think you're way off there. I think that he looked good at Big Tens, but if he didn't have a consistent, a super consistent year, he didn't like he didn't have the best competition at Big Tens. He didn't have any of the top five guys or so. So it's like. I, I don't know. I still – I ain't going – I think he's good. I think he has a lot of potential, a lot of upside, but I I don't know. There's a lot of other guys I'd pick. I think he'd be the returning champ if NCAAs happened. Yep. But Cornell gets their guys ready too. Yeah. They're pretty like, good at NCAAs. Like you said, like just the way it was trending this year and that it was looking at the end of the year, he would have – or he was my pick for NCAAs when we, mm-hmm. we picked on the show. Um, And I'm – I'm really comfortable with that in this crazy weight class. Um, but then also I'm going to throw a monkey wrench in it here. You know, things we've been hearing out of Michigan. Um, if, if it goes the way I think it's going to go and Cam, I mean, slots in at 65, 74 is Logan Massa and they bump uh, mm-hmm. miles to it's miles, right? Miles. I mean, yeah. If they bump miles to 84, I'm taking miles, dude. Miles is good. Miles is good, and he's right there with with Hall and Zahid, right, every single time. He's the only guy that was consistently right there. So if that shakes out that way, I'm going to take Miles, and I think I feel more confident with that one than I do with, with Brooks. Yep, I agree with that. I take Miles, and I, I think that he's in fear of his own. But I think Max Dean can push him to the edge. Yeah, Max is just – I don't know. I, I see – Max overpowering Miles, unless Miles puts on the weight the right way to get up to 84. But do you see Hydley beating both of them? Yeah, I don't know. I kind of threw Hydley out there because I've seen him a couple times. He looked all right. I, I, I'm not confident. Are you changing your pick to Dean? What's that? <laughs> oh, man. I, I got no floating all over the place. All over the no place. At this 184 weight, man. This nuts. It, dude. Pick your guy and stick with it. Come on, man. <laughs> All right, I'm going with. Uh, hey, you, you know, you, you got to pick your dude and stick with it. Like I picked Nation over Seth Gross the other day. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Bringing that up again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, man, it's just, I, I hit an X on this weight. I'm out. Boo. <laughs> right, fine. I'll stick, I'll stick with Headley just because I picked him in the beginning. And he wins it. I'm gonna be freaking coming back on here and saying I told you so. Are we taking notes of this? Because I want. <laughs> uh... Yeah, let's I write. Think... Let's write down our preseason picks once the weight classes come more official. And we'll when I go ten for ten, y'all, like, what do I get? Do I get a prize? <laughs> you got to get him a prize, dude. Well, see, I guess I guess Seth's kind of like angling like the nomad of FRL, and he's just going to pick a bunch of different guys, and then when we get down to the end, he's going to be like, yeah, I talked about that guy once. Yeah, it's <laughs> a strategy. I like it. Um, cool. But, dude, this, this weight class is insane. Um, Wait until the next one. 97 is a tough one, too. <laughs> give, us, give us the rundown, Jack. What's at 97? We got Noah Adams, Darmstadt. 
Jaiello, Eric Schultz, Jacob Warner, and then Davison, Pat Brookie is seven, Cordell Northfleet, Traxler is 11, Tanner Sloan's 10, Michael Beard comes in at 13. Um, I'm sure that there's some other true freshmen that we don't know about. Man, that's a tough way to ask to pick from. I I'll thought... go first. I got ILO, and I'm going to say next topic because uh, my boy's taking it home. Who you got? My my guy, J-I-L-O. The dude is the hardest working guy I've ever met in my life. He just doesn't know wrestling. And so he, it's taken him a while to, like, get good. Like, he does the dumbest stuff ever. I always laugh at him when he's wrestling. <laughs> but – He's really good. He has a win over Warner where he broke him and beat him in overtime, like 10-8. It was awesome. And he has a win over Adams. Um, he's split with Schultz. Um, the only person he hasn't beat and has beaten him is Pat Brookie. And that was when he was had a losing record his freshman year. What about Darmstadt? He wrestled Darmstadt, I think, in freestyle. And he lost. Um or it was sometime during his true freshman year when he was redshirting. But yeah. I don't know about Darmstadt because he lost to Whitman. And Jay majored Whitman a ton. I don't like transitive property, but I'm going to go transitive property when it happens to be like my good friend and roommate. <laughs> I, man, I don't know. Like this, this, I think 84 is crazy. You know, 33 is crazy, but like there's, there, you kind of, at least have an idea like, all right, I'm kind of leaning this way, this way. I don't know in this one, man. It's like, it's all over the place. I mean, I can see, let's see, like the first seven I can be okay with like almost any of those guys. If you were just like, yeah, maybe not projections or predictions right now, but like at the end of the year, if those top seven, if one of those guys stood on the top of the podium, I would be like, okay, that's, that's fine. You know? Um, I think that no Adams looked great this year, but didn't wrestle too much like comp really big competition. Um, so we, uh, we didn't really get to see him against the, the top, top guys. Um, I don't know. I, I love Darmstadt. He's a pinner. He's fun to watch, but like you're saying, he's kind of all over the place. He loses some matches. You don't think he should lose. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm a, I like Warner, um, but I think Warner's kind of the opposite. I think he's consistently beating all the guys he should beat, but kind of like struggles with the top, top dudes. Um, and Brucky's all over the place too. Um, I, I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, Aiello was good. You know, Schultz was good. Like I, I don't, Jesus, I don't know, man. Um, I don't know. What, what do you got, Seth? I got, I got Darmstead. I think I think he uh, if he can he's got some I don't know if, if he can clean his his stuff up and kind of become a little bit more consistent I think he he can put people in danger from a lot of different positions and his length is just at that weight is is really you know a, a factor that I think could play into it but it's not it's not a confident you know I think it, there's nobody that can beat him once again but I, I'm going with Darmstead. Yeah, um, you know. So you got Aiello and Darmstadt. I, man, I'm. Don't pick Noah Adams because I feel like that's where you're leaning. I'm telling you, if Jay wrestles Noah Adams in the NCAA tournament, it will be a six point or higher win. I'm not actually. Beat him so bad. 
whenever they wrestled. I'm not and actually. So I'm. He was undefeated. I have. Like I think if you beat someone that bad, you've got a mental edge, for sure. I think that there's two dudes that are kind of standing out to me, um, for different reasons, and I'm. You know what? Screw it. I'm going Eric Schultz. Um, Ooh, I I liked Eric Schultz a lot this year, man. He like he was one of the guys for me personally that like when we were going through the year, he was really under the radar for me. I was like, oh yeah, Eric Schultz is good. Like he's like a you know a fringe All American kind of guy. Um, but when we got towards the end, man, he was really giving it to some people, and um, you know he was probably one of the only dudes to really hang with Colin Moore, um, and and push him. Mm-hmm. So. I think I'm going to pick Eric Schultz. Um, I, I think that I just, I'm really excited to see what he does. Like, I think that this could be a crap pick, right? He could come out this year and just like shit to bed and, and it could happen. Right. But I, I think he's going to do really well. I think that, yeah, I think he's going to be, be very good. I think that, I don't know, just in a crazy way, I'm going to pick him because of how much he improved this year and how consistent he looked towards the end. Um, but my dark horse guy, um, I liked Lucas Davidson, man. Um, he, he was, I don't know, just he was just another guy that kind of like stood out a little bit to me that, that won some some big matches and, and kind of caught my eye earlier in the year. Um, I I don't, I I think the top four guys are really the guys that could maybe even top five that that could really step in and and win the weight class. Um, but I think six and seven with Davidson and Brucky, I think those guys could, could step up and do something too. I think Brucky's my like second. If something happens to Jay, I got Brucky. My, my second pick's my dude, Tanner Sloan. Yeah. There you uh, go. He was, I, I don't know if something was up injury or what this year, but he looked off this year, but like his true freshman year, dude, he tucked, he teched Jacob Warner. He freaking. He beat Brucky. And then oh, he lost. Guys. He lost. He lost to Brucky in the Midland finals. But I don't know, man. I think he gets it. He's really good on top, and that's kind of his, his – and he can, he can scramble for a big guy. But I don't know what was on, going on with him this last year. But I think he's my dark horse pick. I think another dude that really needs to be thrown into the mix, and, like, I can see how he's down this far in the rankings, but Dakota Gear. Dude, Dakota Gear was really good two years ago. He was the guy that – remember when that whole Oklahoma State lineup thing was going on and everybody's, like, thinking they're crazy. Like, why in the world would they kick Chandler Rogers out and all this kind of stuff? Like, uh, Dakota Gear was kind of the guy that when the lineup shook out, you were like, eh, like, why did they put him in? Like, the other guys probably were more for sure All-Americans. And he was the only dude that All-American out of that group. Um, and so, he – I think he should be a little bit higher on this. Um, I see why he's down this this far because he kind of had like a a rocky end. Um, but I think he could be up higher. I also think Michael Beard had a really good redshirt year for Penn State, um, so he's a guy to watch out for. Uh, another guy that's not ranked and he like tore his ACL past two years, but Holschlag. What you think, Holschlag? No, uh, Nick Renan. Oh, Renan. His past two years, torn his ACL. Not about Renan. And healthy Nick Renan made the final X. Mm-hmm. Healthy Nick Renan might be a level above all these guys. You know. I agree. Yeah. Uh, he, he's he's really good. It's just it's that health issue. And yeah. I mean, if he's healthy. He does it. I think. I think he could definitely be in there. Um, 
All right, so let's go, let's go to the last one, right? So very last one, um, Gable, Paris, Cassiope, Stencil, Hilger, uh, Wood, Slava something. I don't know how to say his name. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, but he, he was good for Harvard. Uh, I, the Harvard guy, he was good. Um, Orndorff's at Ohio State now. There's a lot of good heavyweights. Um, heavyweights is kind of a weight class that, and, you know, like historically wasn't too fun to watch. You know, you kind of usually have like one guy that dominates and, and, you know, it's not as much fun for the fans, but we've really been getting a big influx of athletic heavyweights and it's really been changing a lot recently. Um, you know, I think Cassiope is more of the like old school heavyweight style. He's not as big as maybe some of the old school ones, but I think he's more that style. Whereas Stevenson, Paris, Hilger, these guys are, are very athletic. Um, I mean, Hilger freaking riding the legs as a heavyweight is insane. Um, Paris, Dude, just he looks scary this year. Um, and I said it on one of our episodes earlier. Um, I, I'm not a Gable fan. And it's just – it's for me, it's just because, like, I, I like watching him wrestle, but I really like I, – I don't know. Like, as a coach, I teach my kids to, to be, you know, respectful of everybody they wrestle. And, and like, just I, – I think that he gets a little cocky. And obviously he has a right to, he's really good. Right. Um, but I don't know. And, and I, I just, between those two guys, it was a really good match when it happened and I would have loved to see it again. Um, and you know, the levels that Mason Paris jumped from year one to year two, um, I'm just going to go out there. I'm going to put Paris. I'm going to say Paris at heavyweight next year. I think Gable's amazing. I think Gable's the heavyweight to beat. Um, uh, but, Dude, that was a monstrous jump for Paris from year one to year two. Dude, I mean, Paris is good, man. Gable, Gable's the dude to beat straight up. Like, yeah, he's got some antics or whatever, but this dude's on another level, man. Like, he he toys with some – like, Cassiope, man, he was toying with him. Like, he was like, oh, I'm going to score now. I'm going to score. Like, this dude's on another level, and he, I think he's the guy that's going to – you know, has a good shot to make an Olympic team this next year. I mean, he he – I don't know, man. And he figured he, he continues to get better. He said he like, I don't know if you saw recently, but he's put on 25 pounds of muscle. Yeah. So like, you can see, like if he's able to give me, if Gable is a full size heavyweight, man, that's a scary sight. Yeah. And, and, I mean, and then like, I've obviously watched Gable wrestle, you know, Hilger wrestled Gable wrestled uh, Paris. Like, he, he he got pretty beat up by Gable. I mean, he's got some work to do, but he she, he could have and you know he could have beat Paris. Did you wait? Who did you say Gable beat up? Hilger. Oh, okay. I thought I thought you were just telling me that that Gable beat up Mason because did, he didn't beat him up. Um, no, I said no. I said, but what, then Hilger. What that? What what went down in that match? Because I thought he did. I thought he took him down like way more than he took him down. Maybe the score was close. I think that. I can't remember. I'm completely I'm, I'm probably wrong, but I, I want to say it was like two to one takedowns for Gable, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think, or maybe two to nothing. Um, but I remember Paris got that one. Uh, was it? A, I think it probably was the Fireman's that where he put Gable on his back right at the end of the period. Um, but and, Gable, Gable's the type of dude to just stop completely wrestling, you know? Yeah, that's true. Him. I don't know. Like, I just. I really enjoyed watching how much Paris grew and like, and he got bigger too, right? You're talking about Gable getting bigger. Paris got a lot bigger and he, 
I mean, he's working out hardcore. I mean, he's a big dude. Um, I just, I, I definitely see the the weakness because Gable is so dynamic and can score from so many different places, whereas Paris can as well, but he's more of that, that fireman's carry is more of his bread and butter. Um, I don't know. I just, I, Paris was destroying people and pinning everyone. I know they're not Gable Stevenson, but I think that Paris has a, has a pinner's, I think it's better than a pinner's chance, but I'm saying like he has that kind of in his back pocket or he is a pinner, right? And he can't put people in those dangerous positions. And so I can see Gable. I'm not going to say he's got a pain Gable. I'm not going out there and putting that out (laughs) there. Right. But like, I'm saying that he's, you got different kinds of wrestlers and he's very dangerous, right? Very dangerous. Whereas like, I mean, obviously Gable's dangerous. So basically, you're saying Gable's a better wrestler, but he could, he could, he has the chance to catch him or something. I, I'm, I don't see a match where unless more than, something like that, I don't see him wrestling head to head with Gable and winning the match like that. At late. So if you look at what they're good at, Gable's a little bit better. Like they're both athletic. Gable's a little bit more athletic. They're both, you know, I think Gable's more dynamic. He's got more, you know he's just got more stuff in his bag and you've seen him wrestle with dudes like Gwizdowski. You've seen him beat Tony Nelson, beat Dom Bradley to pick. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's ridiculous to pick against Gable at this point. It's still proven otherwise. I think. Go ahead, Jack. Gable. And I think I got Gable for the Hodge. Um, Unless they give it a Spencer back to back. Okay. So. uh, We got Gable winning for a long time after this like this moment from this moment on gable will win a lot of matches and not lose any it's <laughs> for, for me it's just like kind of what you said seth but a little different like how you said he you know gable's the better guy but paris has a pinner's chance i think it's it's kind of that but it's a little bit more like it's not like i'm not saying that the only way paris is going to beat gable is by a pin right uh, but i'm saying that I can see Paris is, is the only one that's hanging close with him, right? And if you're hanging close with him, I'm saying he's within, you know, one fireman's one four-point move, right? And so I'm saying that's his path to victory. Not necessarily a pin, but, like, he's got to get one of those one of those big moves to win. Um, and I think it can happen. I, I just – for me, picking I'm – I'm picking him, first of all, because I want to be different than you guys and just pick all the regular <laughs> ones. Hey, you um, picked first, dude. You didn't know. You just – well, oh, come think, on. Tell me you guys weren't going to pick Gable. Yeah, um, I just think – I think that you don't like Gable's antics sometimes. It plays into it. It, it definitely hard. does. It, I respect the, the cocky guys because it is hard, man. Everyone hates you. Like, I, I try to be cocky for a little bit and it did not go well. <laughs> like, I, I don't hate the guy or anything. <laughs> I, don't, I don't hate the guy or anything. and I'm not picking because of that. Like, I, it puts a little sour taste in my mouth just because I like to see a guy of that level have, like – I don't know. Like when you're coaching younger guys, like you want to kind of see like like good role models for them to look up to. And I'm not saying he's not because he is, but like it, you know, just I, I like the way that other guys carry themselves a little bit better. Um, I mean, I, I think that wrestling needs some villains and needs some good guys. And I think that, I mean, Gable might be, you know, a little bit on the edge of the villain side, you know, where he's out there, he's got a little bit, but I mean, it makes it fun. And you know, it's, I don't know. I mean, not that I, I, that's nothing, you know, I wouldn't go out there and do that. And first of all, you know, I don't think I'm on, you know, a, a level like that to go out there and taunt guys and things and nor do I necessarily agree with what he's doing, but 
I don't know, at the end of the day, I just think that he is really, he is that good. And, you know, I grew up with Gable. Gable went to the same high school as me, and this dude has always had more confidence, I remember, than anybody I've ever met. Like, this dude was an eighth grader, and Lance Benick was an 11, a junior, junior in high school, number one in the country. And I just remember Gable, like, talking about how he, and this, Gable was pretty fat and putty and not very good back then. And this dude was like, I'm a crush Lance and blah, blah, making bets with dudes that he's going to beat Lance and all this. And he ended up making the finals and lost an extremely close one to him. But everybody was like, Oh, this dude's about to get crushed. And like, that's it. And I was like, this dude's for real, man. He believes in himself and he's, he's gonna, he's gonna make it. I mean, sooner or later. The sport of wrestling needs people like Gable Stevenson. And the guys that are going to talk outside and like, I'm not going to lie. I don't want to do it because it's exhausting. It's like, I'm kind of a people pleaser, I would say. And you're not pleasing anyone whenever you're talking crap outside. It's exhausting. Yeah. Uh, but man, Gable is so good. I remember being in like FIBA cadet, like world team camp. And like, they would bring in guys to wrestle with the cadet world team members. So I wasn't on the team, but Gable was there and he was like, younger than what you were supposed to be to like even be on the team and he was wrestling with trevor brandwald and like giving him a match and trevor was like kind of like just outside of college like still in shape and i mean i remember seeing that and i'm like wow this guy is for real and then he almost beat quiz he almost beat quiz and like it's not like heavyweights are doing a ton of uh like turns and tilts and like heavyweight things like it's pretty much a takedown match in heavyweight and, and freestyle. So I don't know, man. Just first of all, you're not going to change my mind, okay? Uh, I'm not trying to change your mind. I'm just letting you know that you're completely wrong. No, I'm, I'm not wrong. Change I, your mind. I'm trying I, to help you. No, see, it, it's no, <laughs> no. Um, my thing, and I'll leave it. At my last thing is like I'm saying, how he's so close, right? He's right there, and I think we can probably all agree he's the only guy that's close, like. Uh, and whether you say close or not, he's closer than the rest. Is, I think we can probably agree with it. Um, and I, I think that he's super close right there. And just I can't unsee that level that he jumped from year one to year two. Um, and I, I think that he can continue with that. Hey, what, what year is Gable? Gable's going to be a junior? They're both juniors. Juniors. Yeah, so I mean, if I mean, they're the same level, they're both gonna, they both have the potential to make that jump. I don't know. I think they're, I think that closest is correct, but I don't think close is. I don't know. I think Cassiope can beat Paris. I think uh, Hilger's gonna beat Paris this year. What What's that match like? Hilger was in on like fifty shots. They got like fifty scrambles throughout the match and. He, he almost came out on top in the scramble, and then he ended up giving up the takedown. That was it was a one takedown match. So I mean, they they've always and I mean Hilger's beaten him in freestyle, and they've gone back and forth. So yeah, Trent's so getting a lot bigger though. So Trent's a pretty undersized heavyweight, and he's putting on some weight now too. So good. Yeah. So who's your who's your Hodge? I got Gable. I don't like unless Spencer absolutely kills everyone which I kind of don't see happening because Spencer has interesting folk style seasons. Um, 
so the tough part is 25 pretty not not super deep weight right i think that there's tougher competition at heavyweight compared to 25 but it depends like what if what if one of those 33 pounders ends up going 25 then and you know that throws a wrench in it but yeah i don't know that's that's a tough one to look at i'm gonna go spencer just because the weight class isn't super deep and you know outside of the top two or so i see i mean i can see him crushing those dudes pretty easily but i don't know so i'm gonna say yeah. my my preseason hodge top three guys um are gonna be spencer at number one obviously returning hodge and, and he's only getting better and he just destroyed everyone um <laughs> I, I think that the other two guys that are standing out for me like jack said i think gable's right there um and I know I picked Paris, whatever, but like, like, you know, like I said, like he is, he is the best one at heavyweight right now. And I, he's, he's the favorite. He's just, he wasn't my pick, but he's the favorite. Um, but the third guy that I want to put on there, um, because I truly believe the situation is going to shake out that way. Um, I think Michael Kimmer at 174, um, because oh. I believe that miles Amin is going to go up and help that Michigan lineup. And so who's going to hang with him at 74? Right? <laughs> Not, not like there's not great guys. There are, but I, I think that if Amin clears out of seventy four, I don't see anybody hanging. I think I got to give Yanni the third spot, but I think Kemmer is right there too. Y'all are starting to change my mind. What's yeah. that? I, think, I I've got Spencer. Honestly, if if they want to give it to him twice in a row, but I feel like that rarely happens. Yeah, David Taylor won it twice, didn't he? Exactly. Yeah, I think not in a row. He wanted his sophomore and then his senior year. And David Taylor was, like, pinning everyone. Yeah. Zane won back-to-back Hodges, right? There's got to be. There's got to be. And Kale went back, but he shared it one year with, the, uh, like, an NAIA guy. Yeah, I remember that. Maybe Metcalf. Metcalf mm-hmm. might have won it twice. Uh, um, I don't know. Maybe. But, but I think that if one of those 33-pounders go undefeated, they might have it locked up. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think – oh, dude, if a 33-pounder goes undefeated, hits all those dudes, and, like, puts up, you know, a good bonus percentage, hand it to him. Okay, so back-to-backs were Zane. Um, David Taylor did not go back-to-back. He went um, – he won it. Dake won it. Then he won it again. Ben Askren. Um, Askren went back-to-back? I guess it makes sense, yeah. Askren went back-to-back. And then Kale won it three times in a row, but he shared it one of those years. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. I got – yeah, Spencer, Gable, Yanni. Yeah. yeah I'll go Spencer, Gable, and then if 33 goes undefeated, I got them. Yeah, man. Well, that's yeah. awesome. I mean, this has been fun. Um, and we're, we're at the point where we've – almost we've been talking for like two and a half hours um and I, I could literally do this all day every day um i think just in the interest of having decent episodes we might have to stop it here in a minute um might even have to to break it in half and do two for the for the rankings we went through i don't know but um but just you know real quick before we go the rankings are fun we're going to get into more of that stuff um uh we're, I know we've been working on, you know, for the fans to hear, we've been working on a uh, best to never win it bracket. That's going to be our next thing uh, right after this all decade duels. So that's going to be fun talking about, you know, who are the best guys that didn't win a title. Um, but 
you know, obviously you guys, you know, kind of joined or not kind of, but joined HMA um, that came out this week and, you know, we're doing this podcast from now on and, you know, um, what, what reason did you guys have for, for joining on and, and doing this? Cause I know both of you guys have a lot of stuff to do with your time. Um, and so, you know, why join HMA? Uh, uh, just, you know, I, like you said, I love talking wrestling, you know, chat, you know, I don't always, you know, I'm with my fiance a lot and different, you know, not, not always around guys that people that want to talk wrestling. So always like chatting about it and, uh, you know, and, uh, that's the big thing and I think it can help grow the sport just getting things out here I think people like to hear things like this and uh yeah it's just something I enjoy so that's the main thing absolutely yeah I think that I love the sport of wrestling so I want to talk about it all the time um and listen to it too you know so like when I was competing in college like sometimes whenever I'd see like a flow radio live and something headline 125 or when I was at 133 I was like mm, maybe I'll listen and then I'd regret listening because I don't know why they never picked me for anything over there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then, uh, uh, like, I would enjoy doing it though. Um, and so I want to give like other people more opportunities. And I think that um, people like Seth and I are not really in podcast business, you know, like those flow radio live guys are great, but none of them have wrestling experience or I mean, Bader does, but like not on a really, really high level. Um, that was my exciting – that was why I was super – sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But, like, I, that's what I wanted to point out, what I was really excited about when you guys were into it is that, you know, like like Ben Askren on FRL, now we kind of do have a guy that, that is very successful and is fun to listen to. But outside of that, there's not a lot, if any, successful college wrestlers, especially around this time that, like, you know, the younger kids that are really listening to these kind of things. Um, there's not really any guys like you doing it. And so I think that that's really cool and that – it's, it's just cool for like, if I was a you know middle school, high school kid, I was an insane fan and it would have been really cool to be able to listen to like, you know, Steber or, or Taylor or Dake or whatever, Metcalf, like on the radio, you know, just in my spare time. I think it'd have been really cool. So I was excited about that. Yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off though. <laughs> no, uh, I was thinking, what, what about getting us five together and doing like a fantasy league? Oh, be- heck yeah. Um, I'm definitely down for that. And oh man, that'd be awesome. Um, we'll definitely do some stuff like that. I know, I, I know the, the WrestleStat guys, you know, pretty good over this past couple of, this past year doing all the fantasy stuff. Um, and so they got an awesome platform and we can definitely do that. Um, but real quick before we go finals of the, uh, all decade duels is this weekend. Um, we are going to be recording with several, several special guests. Um, we're trying, you know, our best for this semifinal and final round to have uh, a guest representing each team, um, for, you know, for the last couple of matches and, and not just one special guest, but two now. Um, so looking forward to that, we have uh, number one Penn state taking on uh, number 13, Wisconsin, um, who, you know, Seth has, punched through to the semifinals somehow um man they have a they have a, they have a sick team i mean it's crazy you look back at it and you're like wow how did the 13 seed make it obviously seth gross was on the show so they did this but like really not i mean they're really good man like a lot of these matches are, are can go either way and it was cool to to see them make it through and not just be a one two three four um penn state might be a, be a big jump but yeah, yeah penn, penn state is so solid uh, that that might stop everybody. Um, you get your landmines for that one. 
Yeah, we, we need 10 lane miles to take out Penn State. But uh, on the other side, uh, what we thought was going to happen is, is number two, Iowa, number three, Ohio State. Um, and that's going to be a good duel. I know Iowa has a really good team and matches up against Ohio State really well. Uh, but Ohio State just beat the living tar out of Minnesota. Um, so it's going to be really fun. So everybody, make sure you tune in. Um, we will be going live with those. Um, and um, you know, a little bit of a, a teaser going forward uh, for the Iowa-Ohio State match. We're actually going to have three special guests, um, and uh, one of them is going to be a Mr. Lee Roper. So that's going to be cool. Uh, so if you've been tuning in here in FRL, uh, then and get excited because Lee's not done. But um, anyways, from from the uh, HMA Fantasy Guys, uh, Jack Mueller, Seth Gross, I'm Jacob Hugley. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. Make sure you follow us on social media um, and see you this weekend for the, for the semis.